becoming an elevated version of yourself requires radical action. It requires you to do things you've never done and things that make you uncomfortable. Her Evolution Podcast is a transformation of who you are to who you want to be. It integrates street smarts with professionalism, producing professional badass women. A process that blends the healthy parts you want to keep, sheds the harmful ones you want to eliminate, and incorporates the new ones you want to adopt. A flavor of both is necessary to thrive in all types of environments. Her evolution requires a new you. Therefore, it's time to show up and step into the woman you desire to be. Confident, assertive, wealthy, and beautiful. Her evolution awaits your your decision. Welcome to Her Evolution Podcast, a space for all things personal and professional development. I am Janeka Davis. Yo soy Afro-Boricua and proud. I'm fluent in Spanglish, so don't be surprised if you hear that throughout, okay? <laughs> I'm a wife, a life coach, a mom of a beautiful little girl and a baby boy on the way. I went from being an inner city kid to an Ivy League student. I'm studying psychology and spirituality at Columbia University, and my background is in leadership and management. In this podcast, I share raw reflections about life, lessons I've learned, and how to become an elevated and healed version of yourself, especially if you grew up in a dysfunctional family like I did and are now growing your own. I also invite special guests who can further pour into you. FYI, I'm not a therapist or a psychologist. Si necesita ayuda, if you need medical help, reach out to a licensed medical professional. If you're suicidal, reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. If you're experiencing a mental health crisis, you can now call 988. If you need help getting your shit together, like improving and deepening your relationship with your intimate partner, communicating your thoughts and feelings better, improving your mindset so that you're less savage to yourself and more loving and kind, then I'm your girl. See the show notes for more information. Quick thing. I don't know what was going on with the audio for this episode, but kept cutting out. You'll hear some hiccups, even at the very beginning. But if you focus on the value that this episode has to add, then you will be fine. Enjoy. Hello, my love. Hello. Hey. (laughs) I'm so excited. So you guys, I have a special guest today. Her name is Neka Okoli. She's a student at Teachers College, Columbia University. And she's also in the same program that I'm in, Spirituality, Mind and Body Institute. We met in a course called Women and Mental Health. And we had a final project that was a literature. Now I found her topic so fascinating that I was like, I need you to come onto my podcast so we can talk about this and share this with my audience. Her literature review was on the power of yoga on women's mental health. Nate, welcome. Thank you for being here with us today. Yay, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Now, you guys, before we get into this topic, Nika, I have to ask you, what led you to SMBI, to Spirituality Mind Body Institute? 
Yeah, definitely. I would have to say uh, yoga, if I'm being completely honest. I um, was gifted my first yoga mat as a high school graduation gift, um, which kind of started me on my whole spiritual path and spiritual journey. Um, and then eventually, about 10 years later, I decided to become a certified yoga teacher. And it was actually in my certification program that I met a graduate of SMBI and me and her started talking, having conversations. And then before I knew it, I was applying and now I'm here. <laughs> wow, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. What, okay, spirituality means different things for different people. What does spirituality mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say kind of growing up, I, well, a lot of people kind of conflate spirituality with religion. And so I grew up in a very uh, Christian religious household and I enjoyed that, but I just always had like a hunger to learn more. So I was always interested in kind of Eastern thought and literature and just kind of exploring uh, what religion means to each and every person. And so I guess for me, spirituality ultimately means just being able to connect uh, with the oneness of the universe. I think we are all connected uh, with the air, the skies, the trees, all the animals that you know we live and share this earth with. And so I think for me, ultimately, spirituality is just becoming one. Thank you for that, because I realize when I say that I'm in a spiritual program, it, I get the same reaction as far as like people conflating that with religion. And then I realized that I had to explain to people what spirituality meant to me. So I wanted to ask you that question. And to me, spirituality means like looking within and really exploring like who we are, really getting to know ourselves and really understanding how we're all connected to everything and everyone around us. So we have some similarities there, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and that's also what attracted me to the program as well. So thank you. Now, we both ended up taking women in mental health. Why did you choose that course? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, ultimately, uh, <laughs> wasn't planning on it. Um, <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. I'm a YouTuber, Hi Black Girl, for those who are listening and want to see more of my face. Yeah. And so I was filming, you know, my first week at Columbia University. And I had this goal of like, I just wanted to explore as many classes as possible for the content. Like I just thought I'd make a cute little vlog, but I had no intentions of signing up for a 9 a.m. class. <laughs> but then just sitting in in that class just felt like magic you know everyone in the room just kind of felt so aligned and like the breadth of the topics that we discovered and discussed throughout the class it just i just couldn't miss out so uh, the universe tricked me into it basically <laughs> and i'm glad too because i remember when you came into the per the first day and you weren't sure if you were going to stay in the court back that'd be nice and then you ended up coming back the second day so i was like yay that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i was like i want to take that course because i'm i'm obviously very interested in mental health and i wanted to know what i don't know and how much deeper we can go into these um, into the topic so i definitely mm -hmm. found the class fascinating so let's definitely dive into 
the power of yoga on women's mental health, which was the topic that you chose for your literature review. Mm-hmm. Now, why is yoga so important to you? Why did you choose this topic? And why do you think it's so important? Yeah, definitely. I would say kind of growing up, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. And so being a black girl, you know, kind of coming up, I developed faster than my peers. And I just ended up having all these issues with eating disorders, body dysmorphia, things of that nature, being on the cheerleading team, and then, you know, being the one who needs like an extra large because my breasts are doing what my peers' breasts are not doing (laughs) at the age of 16. And so just feeling really uncomfortable and disconnected from my body uh, really kind of made me just have these really difficult feelings. And I find yoga, well, yoga found me actually, when I graduated from high school, um, the university I went to did not have like a cheerleading program. And so uh, when a family friend gifted me that yoga mat for a high school graduation, I just thought, oh, like this would be so cool. It's kind of like cheerleading, but different. I had no idea of like the spiritual aspect that was kind of intertwined with yoga. Um, For those of you who aren't aware of the history of yoga, it actually kind of was birthed in kind of duality with Hinduism within India. Um, So it's a very ancient uh, practice and a very spiritual practice. Um, And so as I kind of got more into yoga and what I kind of delve into with my literature review is the power yoga has really to help transform um, people who have these different kind of disconnections with their bodies, um, disconnection with their spirit, and that kind of goes to our program again, you know, that spirit, mind, body connection. And so yoga being that it's, you know, about centering, using your breath, um, being appreciative and grateful for your body that's kind of carrying you through this practice. It really helped kind of transform the way I thought of food and the way I thought of, you know, my dress size and just the way I felt in my body. Uh, So obviously I'm also a yoga teacher. So all of that kind of wrapped together. I felt like yoga was the obvious choice for me. Yeah. So what would you say to someone that's like exploring this and they're not too familiar with it? I saw that you, in your literature review, you explained how it's, how we the the western world how we use three different aspects or three different components of yoga but you talked about how there's more components to it can you talk a little bit about that and why they're all important yeah definitely so um yoga and the way we traditionally think about it over here in the united states of america uh, we think of the asana practice which is the movement practice yoga is actually made up of eight limbs um, and movement is the third limb is just one part of it so um, as i mentioned earlier it's kind of a, a spiritual practice that was kind of cultivated parallel to Hinduism. So it really is a way that you're supposed to live your life. Um, So we have the yamas, the niyamas. I'm like, I'm gonna Google these really quickly because I don't think I know all of them off the top of my head. (laughs) Um, But we have the dharnas, um, samadhi, 
yeah, I'm not gonna recall all of them. But essentially, um, it starts with how you should live your life on the inside. So um, things about being truthful, not harming anyone, nonviolence, being clean within your mind, but then also within your space. Then it kind of grows into how you should treat um, others and the planet. Um, and then it kind of continues into that asana, that movement space, pranayama, the breath. So using that life force um, in yoga, you know, kind of the breath, the air is really think is really thought of as like the, the energy of all life. And so how you're able to kind of tap into one another and the collective by um, being having a more intimate relationship with your breath. Um, from there, you know, you have the phase of meditation, which typically comes after that sauna practice, after you've really kind of worked your body and kind of have that integration with that spirit, that breathe in, breathe out, and then also uh, your breath. And then you kind of go into samadhi, which is intense concentration. Uh, when you're starting meditation, it's usually the easiest thing is to focus on your breath, but breath can be triggering for people who have, you know, kind of lived through traumatic experiences. So as an alternative, you can also just focus on touch. So feeling, you know, the earth beneath you or what's, you know, kind of touching your skin, your clothes, things of that nature. Whatever is comfortable for you to really kind of focus your attention on. Um, and then ultimately, uh, once you kind of go through all the eight limbs, you want to get to this place of samadhi, uh, which is bliss or like oneness with the universe. I have been talking for quite so long, so I'm not sure if I answered your question, but I hope I did. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. I'm, I, I asked you and you're giving because this is good for folks who may not be familiar with yoga, who haven't tried it, or those who may be interested in exploring it, or those who've already explored it but struggle to be like consistent with it. Um, mm -hmm. I would know. So you said you're a yoga teacher. Um, students who see you or who go to your practice, are they? How do they show up? Are they like, hey, I heard about yoga. This is something I'm interested. In. Or hey, I heard about yoga. Um, this is something that might help with my mental health. Like, I'm curious, how do they show up? And then how do you introduce this to them in a way where they're not like, oh, this is weird? Yeah, definitely. So right now I don't have a private yoga practice. I'm teaching at um, kind of a corporate studio. And so what I see traditionally, the people who kind of come into um, my classes are kind of in that oh like yoga as exercise framework and so <laughs> what i really try to emphasize in all of my classes is that connection to your breath um honestly like the yoga sutras of patanjali are really focused on kind of that breath to movement movement and i think that's something that a lot of yoga studios do really well especially the ones that are more fitness oriented um but then i also like to kind of weave in um indian mythology into uh my classes as well because a lot of the poses um a lot of the hand mudras are actually 
coming from, um, you know, kind of like ancient Indian folklore. Um, and so I find that, you know, my students get really excited when I'm able to kind of go into the history of, you know, the sun ace salutation or introduce them to a new mudra. So right now, actually, we are doing, um, it's, you know, out Valentine's Day so I've been doing a heart chakra flow um, and we've been playing with this lotus flower hand mudra which essentially you bring your pinkies together to touch and begin to press them into each other then bring your thumbs together to touch press them into each other and then let your three fingers kind of open up wide until you're creating this like flower like with your hands this is called the Lotus Flower Hand Mudra, and it represents love flowing freely in your life and out of your life. So I like to kind of guide my students to think of love or that heart chakra space flowing freely as your breath. So breathing in love and kindness and then exhaling out that loving kindness as well. Um, oh my gosh, I keep rambling. Janika, <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> Great. Nika, I am host and I am guiding you through this process. So don't worry about it. I am actually, I was actually doing the exercise. I put my, my pinkies together. I put my hands together and then I opened up my three middle fingers so I could see the Lotus. So I'm, I'm doing this with you and I'm totally present with you. So don't feel like you're rambling. <laughs> you're doing great. And this is valuable information because I'm learning and I'm sure those who are listening to are also learning and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. No, and I'm curious about, I know you talked about your experience um, growing up and how you grew up around mostly um, predominantly uh, white um, people. So I'm curious how yoga has brought you closer to your body and has brought you closer to your spirit, to your soul, if you believe that you have one. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. And what I found quite interesting when I was doing my literature review was that study in particular. Um, so for additional background, there was a study that um, did a yoga intervention on women who had problems with overeating. And what it found miraculously was that, you know, every woman throughout uh, the end of you know, that I believe it was like maybe a 10 week, 12 week yoga intervention, all kind of went through the same steps. So kind of going into yoga, being introduced to yoga and realizing, oh, I am so disconnected with my body. I don't even recognize, um, you know, when I'm hungry or when I'm full or why I'm doing this habitual overeating that I'm doing. Um, and then quite beautifully, you know, as they became more aware of their body, they realized, oh, like, the foods that I used to bend, whether it was chocolate or pasta or bread or whatever, you know, now that I have this mind-body connection, I'm realizing I don't really feel good after I eat this anymore. Um, and so you just see these, I want to say like 20 Australian women, I believe it was, their relationship with their body is just completely and totally changed. And while you know, weight loss wasn't the ultimate goal. It was truly about, you know, the mental health of these women and helping them kind of understand the compulsions behind um, 
their binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like yoga is just that perfect tool that kind of comes in with that mindfulness and then really roots you and grounds you in your body. And so similar to those women, I had, um, you know, kind of that same experience of, oh, like I had thoughts like, oh, I feel so fat in this. I'm so uncomfortable. Like, I don't like my body to the beauty of yoga for me has been um, that repetition of the different asanas or poses. So um, when you go into a yoga class, you'll traditionally every time do like a mountain pose, a warrior one or a warrior two pose. Um, The repetition of having your body kind of carry you through these poses again and again and again and again helps really build your sense of like self-efficacy. Like, oh, wow, this chaturanga was so, so hard when I first started doing yoga. And now, you know, I'm doing it with ease or now I'm doing it with one leg or now I can hold my plank for so much longer. And so I think, honestly, it's it's truly a lifelong practice and it helps one, not only for you to root in your body, but also for you to be just so appreciative of your body you know no matter what it looks like i find that in america you know we really truly kind of like idealize this one certain look of health Um, and you know in the last you know 10 years or so we have attempted to get better but i think with yoga it's like it doesn't matter what your body looks like the emphasis is more so on what your body can do and how can you be content with that in this moment right now. But do you mean that our bodies are not objectified? <laughs> Breaking news. Do you, do you mean that we, we feel like you can be strong and not sexy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's actually a beautiful thing because as you know, and you guys, um, you guys may not be familiar, but you can literally like Google this. We had discussed a theory called objectification theory, where, as we know, women are objectified, you know, their bodies, their breasts, their hips, um, and women trying to get that hourly, you know, body figure. So it's really beautiful to hear you talk about yoga and how it moves away from that and how it does focus on that mind-body connection, especially nowadays when we have so many young girls also focusing so much on their on what they look like and you know and trying to look a certain way to your point so i i love that and i wonder how can we well we can't force yoga obviously on anyone but do you find that there's a tremendous interest in yoga and nowadays more so than like when you were growing up yeah, definitely. I when I was doing my research, I really, really was trying to find like interventions for you know like high school um, age girls, but it's just so hard to find. I guess when it comes to consent and um, all of <laughs> all of the things and the red tape and bureaucracy that goes with doing um, studies on people under the age of eighteen, I really didn't find much. But I do think, you know, we have these things like Instagram um, that are making, you know, objectification literally quite, quite worse. And um, all these social networks and social media is just, it can really have a negative effect on, you know, the body image of girls who are so impressionable, like idealizing these celebrities and things like that. 
Um, and I just, I'm not sure if I've seen much of a change being that I, well, when I first started yoga, I was practicing at this little gym that kind of came with my dorm like fees, I guess. And that yoga class was primarily older people. Um, so like 65 and up. Then after that, I started going to like a crunch gym. And then I saw, again, it was primarily older people, like 65 and up. And I enjoyed it. I had so much fun. Um, you know, I loved going. And it wasn't until I started um, going to Y7 where I actually got certified that I saw people more so my age, like in their 20s and stuff, really kind of embracing yoga. Um, but again, with these corporate studios, it's like, they're fun, they're beautiful, they have an amazing message. Like, I really do appreciate them, and I think they help get people into the door. Um, but because, you know, they are businesses and they want to remain as secular as possible, it really depends on your teacher um, how much of, you know, the spiritual and the, you know, kind of Indian influence you're going to get within you know that yoga studio that yoga space um so i think if you're looking for like yoga studios around you um looking to kind of build that community i would say you know find some boutique um studios within your area because i do think you know um while like mass gyms are fun <laughs> it is kind of awkward being you know the only 20 something in a room with, like 65 year olds doing yoga um and then just keep your eye out, you know, like it may have more of a fitness or like athletic focus. And I think, you know, a lot of people do kind of come to yoga for that approach, but it is just so, so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Now, would you say you're still, you're still on a healing journey? Uh, do you feel like you're closer to yourself more than ever before? But do you feel like you're still on this trajectory of, you know, coming into yourself fully? Oh, what a great question. I definitely feel like I am still coming into myself. Um, I think this program has been a huge catalyst for my growth. Uh, the moment I got in, I kind of was just at this crossroads in which my nine to five company wanted me to move to london um but then i got into this program and i was like wait like i've been working at this company for about two years i believe at the time and i know if i do this move they're going to compensate me well i mean they were already compensating me very well um but i just thought like this program's going to change my life mm-hmm and I needed to be in New York to do this program. I did not want to try to make it work flying from London to New York for my intensives, for my classes. Like it just seemed too stressful. Um, so I ended up kind of leaving, you know, the corporate space and becoming a student full time and really taking a leap on, in faith in terms of my finances. I still am dreaming of being you know a full-time content creator so I started my YouTube channel and I've been taking my Instagram so much more seriously and doing the TikToks and things of that nature but even with this content creation I, I still see that I'm 
finding my voice. Um, and yoga, I do think I've been teaching for about a year now, so I do feel a little bit more solidified and like grounded in that space. Um, and I mean, I guess I've been doing content creation for years now too, but I still feel like I'm I'm finding my voice and trying to make it all work. So. I just think, you know, I tell my students all the time, yoga is a lifelong practice. And I think finding yourself is also a lifelong practice too. Mm -hmm. Well said. I can totally relate to that because I'm, I feel like I'm in the same space. And that's part of the reason I started this podcast. One being, I love to help people um, heal themselves by providing the tools and having conversations like this, where we talk about healing and about our journeys, uh, I do t- also feel like I'm in the same space where I'm still like, blossoming and still in the self-discovery phase. And doing these interviews has definitely brought me into a space of like, this is something that I can absolutely do for a long time and for free. You know when they tell you yes. one thing that you love that you can do for free, and it's like doesn't matter if anyone pays you. I'm like, this is it. <laughs> Yes, I love that. And I really want to make a podcast too. I super admire you, but I'm still getting my my YouTube footing together. When I tell you, I will roll out of bed at 6 a.m. and start editing YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's this podcast. My husband's like, where were you? I'm like, I'm doing work. (laughs) (laughs) You work if you don't get paid. you love it you wake up at 3 a.m or early in the morning talking about i'm working on something (laughs) just pouring your heart and soul (laughs) basically but and you know what i've gotten so much positive feedback from all of my episodes and i'm like you know see yes like this is the value that i can provide where i'm at right now like i have a daughter i'm in school i'm working full-time i'm like this is what I can give based on my capacity right now. And I feel good about that. And I know that it's helping so many people. And that for me is enough. Um, And I know, oh my God, wait, I have to share this with you. This little girl, like I noticed someone like following me on Instagram and I was like, oh, like don't know who this is. A lot of people follow me on Instagram, who cares? This little girl sent me the sweetest message. She's 15 and she was like, I just discovered your YouTube videos and I'm obsessed. Love you and your personality so much. And I'm like, oh my God. That's so sweet. And you this know- is all I need, just one person. <laughs> exactly. It's like just knowing that it's actually a value to someone. It's really amazing and now before we go can you share where folks can find you i actually didn't know you had a youtube page and i also didn't know you had an instagram page so share it with us and then when we get off definitely shoot me a message so that i can add it in the show notes yes please subscribe (laughs) my name is naka you can find me on youtube at high black girl instagram at high black girl and tiktok and twitter at high black girl um and yeah that's it i'm so my content but you know i'm taking you along on my columbia journey and we'll we're discovering ourselves together (laughs) this is a journey of 
holding. Yes. I love it. Wow, this has been so fun. Yes, I'm so glad that you joined us. I absolutely always enjoy these conversations with my guests. I hope those of you listening have found value in this episode. Make sure you go check out Naka, check out her social media pages, and check out the show notes. I'm going to drop uh, her information there. You guys have an amazing, amazing day. Bye. Bye. I hope you found this episode valuable and inspiring. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, comment, and review. I know living a review takes a little bit of your time, but I would greatly appreciate it. My goal with this podcast is to get the word out and help as many people as I can to improve their mental health and their overall well-being. Please also share this podcast with your friends and family who need to hear these messages. Together, we can help make this world a little better just because we care enough to. If you're listening on Spotify, you can only rate and follow, so please do. Lastly, if there's a topic you'd like me to discuss on my next episode, let me know by DMing me on Instagram at IamJanaka, that's I-A-M-J-A-N-E-I-C-A with the topic, or mention the topic when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Cuídense mi gente y adelante. Take care and keep moving forward.